is a pet topic of mine. I have my pet topics that I focused on. I've been giving this series... In the, I think the longest of any topic I've, I've done since I was a Rebbe. I started as a Rebbe in 1994 in Shari Bebe Seret Sion. And, um, Wait, you're about Seret? Yeah, for four years. And, um, and I, I developed this series there, and I've given it almost every year since, or most years since, I think, um, because it always comes out. People always want to know about this qualifications. I, I have trained in the secular field. I'm a therapist. Um, and I, and I, my focus was marital family dynamics. Um, I continue to work as in private practice. I have clients. I worked in a domestic violence division of a family clinic up in Harnof called the, the Neve Yerushalayim Family Institute. And uh, so really awful cases. Maybe some of them will come out here. We'll talk, we'll talk about some of the horror stories in marriage. Um, and, uh, but mostly I've been learning about and focusing on it from a Torah perspective. And Torah has incredible wisdom about everything in life, and, per- and particularly on our topic. So that's, that's a little bit where I'm coming from, and um, good, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Come on time if you can, because uh, we're going to try to maximize it, and I can't do this because I have to see you. I like eye contact. I'm that way. But then it's not real here. I'll scoot back, and you'll come. You can't be real here. Here. Well, yeah, put it up on the side here, and I'll stand over here. Insights, you have questions, be, be, you feel comfortable, we should talk. Um, so there's this thing nowadays, they call them girlfriends. Um, you'll notice that there is no such halachic category. The Torah never addresses the possibility, because it's a non-possibility from a Torah perspective. Um, there's a great reason for that. The, um, the male-female relationship. Right? We started out, according to the famous Medrash, Adam was created du parsufi. We had two faces, male, female combined. And if you, some of you came to my class at 12.30, not this last Sunday, the Sunday before, we talked about male, female, sitra de dukva, sitra de dukva, sitra de nukva, and we talked about the two aspects in people, the male side, the female side. HaKadosh Baruch when he created Chava, the woman, so he split Adam into two pieces. When we get married, and really in terms of the peak spiritual experience that human beings have when male and female are, have intimacy, so they're literally coming back full circle, they're closing the circle in my sabratius. They come back to their primordial state as a being. So this is an incredibly important central peak experience in life. Again, widely misunderstood what its, what its purpose there is, is for. It's an amazing gift there is, I'll illustrate this. How do we know that it's an amazing gift? Maybe you'll know what I'm talking about. There are... There are... Um, I'm just going to listen for a couple of minutes. The gift of the male-female relationship 
is, um, is such that a Kaddish Baruch Hu gives us innately as part of our beings, there's a very good positive physical experience associated with this relationship. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? No, I think so. I think you do. Hamevin Yavin. But most of this stuff, I'm, been, I'm building on the Mahar, Maharal has a fantastic piece on this on this exact topic. He says most people, when they associate those positive physical sensations associated with male female, they get embarrassed and they think, "Ooh, that's dirty. I can't think like that." And often it is. But he said the essence of the relationship is not dirty at all. It's not possible. The Maharal describes. He says, it's not possible that the foundation of the birth of a new human being who's pure and holy, created in the Kaddish Baruch Hu's image, that that comes from something sordid and dark and, 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 and embarrassing? No, that's beautiful. It's, he illustrates, he says, Adam and Chava, in their, prime, in their primordial state, in Gan Eden, were naked and were unembarrassed at their nakedness. There was nothing to be embarrassed at. When did Busha, when did embarrassment come into the picture? Chait. What we're embarrassed of is when we abuse this, when we misuse this God-given gift. That's the problem. But the core idea, Kaddish Baruch gave us those fantastic sensations. He wants us to use it for good. It's there for a purpose. It's an extraordinary gift. But you can understand, especially with those positive physical sensations, how this area is, is a landmine. It's explosive. It's, it's, it's tricky. You have to be very, you have to handle it with, with care and channel it towards Kedusha. So much of of Torah living, of Torah life, of, of so many of the, the ideas we're going to talk about, we talk about later on in one of my Sunday sessions, we'll talk about movies and television, modern culture, and even music. We've talked a lot about music in the course, in the course of the year. So much of the modern culture takes human intimacy, this whole relationship between male and female, and it reduces it to the bestial, to the barbaric, and, and, and takes us so far lower than we're capable of going and, um, and that's why it's a problem from a halachic, from a hashkafic perspective. Um, the male-female union in marriage is potentially the closest a person will ever come to Kaddish Baruch Hu when, happened, when, when, it, when it's handled properly, when you follow the rules. And the rules are all profound. You have to go with, you have to learn before you get married. We'll talk about this later on. We'll get more practical. But you have to go through, for example, the, all the laws of Tars Mishpacha, family purity laws. And even though your wife is going to be responsible for the lion's share of those laws, and that's why you have to make sure when you get married, we'll talk about I have a 15-point checklist. Um, we'll get there. Uh, this is my list of things you want to look for in a chef. Um, but one of the things is it'd be a really good idea if you married somebody who's from. No way. Can cook. Jewish. Jewish. Adam's apple is negotiable. But Yerushalayim is not. Yerushalayim is not because you know that you're entirely in her hands. When she checks and she looks for stains to see if she's, to see if she's still in Nida. Um, it's a, for some women, it's a real nisayon because they miss their husbands, and sometimes um, the physical difficulty of menstruation can be overwhelming for a woman. And what she really wants is a bear hug from her husband, exactly what she can't have. So the test, the, tra- the, the challenge is there sometimes. Eh, it's a stain, but I don't need to ask a Shaila. You know, it won't be a problem. And so they kind of, eh, it's okay. Um, that's a big problem. You don't want your wife to do that. You know, she has your shemaim. You know, that, that, that works very well for you. So this, this area of life, this tremendous gift, uh, is, is, is also fraught. And so you have to prepare for it. Um, just like the food that we eat, every detail in our lives has to be kosher. And you, we go through extraordinary correct measures to make sure that whatever we put into our bodies is kosher. Because we know the Gemara says this elsewhere. The Gemara indicates that if you eat non-kosher food, it's actually a stain. It's a blemish on the neshama. And you can make chuva from it, but the blemish, kind of like one of those, those shirts that you get stains on, very hard to get that, that stain out. Just like food has to be kosher, this area of life has to be kosher. 
Um, when we when we, we say this in the Gemara Brachos that a person who uses something in the in the area of kedusha for his own whole, his profane purposes. Do you know in the temple what that's called? In, in, in the temple sacrifice, do you know what it's called when somebody takes something that's hektish, that's holy, and he takes it and uses it for his own personal purposes? You, you got it, Moshe, right. You hear the concept? Some of you don't, maybe not, are not familiar with it. It's called mi'ila. person's moa with an ayin. Right, it's moel b'ashem, and it's a nisudiraisa. And so too here, if you take something that's potentially kadosh, and then you use it for your own sordid, selfish, sin-oriented kind of stuff, so that's meila. You're taking something good, it's like eating food without a bracha. I mean, you just ate a piece of the Gemara brachos, take any of the six-parag brachos, six-parag brachos, so we, so we learned that a person who eats a plum and didn't say a bracha, um, it seems to happen a lot here. Uh, they, eat if they, eat, they, eat, they eat something. So that, that's one plum that's not coming back into the world. I don't know how it works in Kodesh Baruch's calculation, but you abuse the world, so you damage the world, too. Worse than bracha, people omitting bracha mishona. If people say bracha mishona, often people seem to forget bracha achrona. Uh, people in my Gemara will tell you it's one of my issues. So say bracha achrona, too. That's important. Yeah. If that's true, what about like all the government? They don't make brachas, so... What about the? They don't have the obligation. Meaning, if they eat, the rules don't pertain to them. If a Jew who's created with greater kedusha, that's why we have greater tuma. We have the greater capacity to do good, but also the greater capacity to cause harm in the world. Um, it's kind of a package deal. Um, so they too, they're more of a benign presence in the world, and therefore they don't affect things as much. But if a Jew has the potential, we should say Abraham, we neglect to. That's a problem. Shai. What does that mean that the plum doesn't come back? I don't really know. I'm not sure. And if you want to take a complete rational approach to it, I tend to. Uh, then, you know, what do you mean? The farmers are still going to come out with their crops and so on. On a mystical level, a Kaddish Baruch doesn't replenish that which is lacking. That's what it means. I believe it, too. In other words, my rationalism subsides and I defer to Chazal. I understand what they're saying is true. And conceptually, you hear what I'm going with this? Right, you, you have this category, male, female. It's sublime. It's transcendent. It's tr- potentially the best thing you'll ever do in the world. But you have to handle it appropriately. You have to channel the right area. And and for a lot of us, I mean, I, I admit I don't come from a from background originally. For a lot of us, it's a real struggle because we got this whole other side of our lives. I think for a lot of people who come to yeshiva, that's the big nisayon. They get from, they get into it, they start learning beautifully, and they start fi- fixing their midos, but they can't break up with a girlfriend. You know, that's just like, you know, rabbi, I can't go there. Right, that's not, that's, that's, Kodesh Kedoshim, I can't touch that. Um, here's some of the problems. Here's why there was never even a havamina, there's never even a concept of girlfriend-boyfriend. This relationship has to be defined by obligations. You know that all relationships in Judaism are defined by obligations? I owe everybody. I owe my parents, I owe my kids, I owe my wife, she owes me. Right? There's never a concept in Judaism. This is a big idea in marriage. Love and marriage is a big idea in general. Do you know there's no such real focus on the concept of rights? Human rights is not a particularly Jewish idea. You've heard this before? Rights. What do we talk about? When they talk about rights in the modern world, what do we talk about? What's, the, what's our version when they talk about rights? We talk about obligations. Right? Chovot. We have debts. We owe people. I don't, you don't owe me anything. I don't go through life thinking, you know, I got a chip on my shoulder and you didn't give me what I deserve. Uh, there's no, when they, even the term for rights in modern Hebrew is schuyot. It's about, it's my schuyot, it's my schuyot. But if you learn in the Gemara, what, is, what does zakai mean? A schuyot? Worthy. I'm worthy, I'm innocent, I, you know, it's a merit of some kind. But I don't, I'm not owed anything by anybody. 
So with my parents, I owe them. With my kids, I owe them. I have to give. With my wife, it's all my debt. I have to give to her. You adapt that attitude, and you, you'll have the secret to happiness in life. You'll have a good relationship. Um, the Western world is messed up in so many ways. We're going to have fun with them uh, debunking the Western world. But part of it is they're, they're, they're hung up on what they claim is happiness. Happiness, is the, as they configured, is me taking. I want, because it's my right. And you're supposed to make me happy. Isn't that what marriage is about? Whew, messed up. Okay, uh, the, the, key, the key to these things is, is, is um, we've got to have this long-term commitment, right? So when you have a girlfriend, there are no rules. You can do whatever you feel like. And I'm not just talking about princess. I'm talking about in general. You can break up anytime you feel like it. If she annoys you, you don't have to talk to her for a few days. <laughs> no? Right? And girls tend to annoy boys. That's part of the dynamic. We'll talk a lot about male-female. It's kind of interesting. How pattern, we fall into these patterns, and most people think, oh, wow, I can't believe she's so difficult. But then you meet up with a bunch of other men and you see that all of their wives also have the same, the same dynamic with them. Um, but in marriage, you got a bunch of obligations. You owe your wife and you have to be patient with her. And when you get sick of the wife, and men tend to get sick of their wives, that's what happens. That's the nature of the world. Um, you know what Chazal say? Don't touch her for two and a half weeks. Isn't that, that beautiful? Right? A little distance is healthy. Don't touch her for two and a half weeks. Right? As, as it was given. And part of the routine of the marriage means every she returns to the mikvah, it's like a second honeymoon. You're coming back full cycle, you have a new, renewed appreciation of her. But let's say even after the two and a half weeks, you're sick of her. She really bugs you. You say, you know, take a hike, lady. Become a nausea. The Gemara, the Gemara tells us, actually, there's a Gemara name for this. What's the concept that I'm thinking of? The name of the Gemara? Ksubas. Ksubas. What is the Ksubas defined by Chazal in Masech's Ksubas? Anybody learned Masech's Ksubas before? Why Ksuba? Do you know this? No. She should not be a light thing in his eyes that, she, that he can say, Beat it, lady. Had enough of you. Thanks very much. Have a good life. What? What does that mean? He's only staying married to her because, like, doesn't want to lose this money. Right. So that's it's right. That's why you don't get married to her. 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 That's why you don't get but Chazal were realists. They know what we're... You know your best shot of having a happy marriage is if you start with all these assumptions that Chazal correctly made about human nature and saw our potential. All of us can be completely selfish jerks, men more than women. Women are much more nurturing. They're much more giving by nature. Right? But men are animals. Right? So if you start with that and then you work on that, then actually that's your key to having a good marriage. If you deny that and say, oh, no, I'm really good... Um, Reverend Lofsky... Uh, Robert Lasky gave a very <laughs> famous series. This is 20, 25 years ago in Sharfman's uh, Women's yeah. Seminary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. You know the kid I'm talking about? Yeah. All men are animals. animals. Yeah, you, um, I refer to yeah, 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 Right. Yeah. Oh, we did the Zingamarish here. Oh, that was great. That was yeah. priceless. Look, can I repeat that now? Because yeah. it's, really, it's really worthwhile. Yeah. So Rabbi Orlowski would go around talking about it. You know, he, t- he always teaches, he talks about a lot of women's seminaries, right? So he, he says, all men are animals. All they're doing is thinking about how they can get to the next phase. You know, for you, for the women, you're content with holding hands, which is us, or anyway. But you're content with holding hands. You just hands is fine. The man is thinking about, okay, now we're holding hands. How can we get to the next phase? I don't spell that out, right? Um, yeah. So he says this and he explains. 
And the women usually respond in a, in a you know, group, of, group of people like this. Women will say, oh, no. Not my Zev. He's a sweetheart. Right? So I did that in my Gemara share. I said, not my Zev. He's a sweetheart. And then, and then I'll finish the whole thing. So then Rabbi Lassie goes on. He says, but when I teach the men, so then I go to the male, the, the yeshivas, and I say, and all men are animal, yeah. animals. And there's not one dissenting voice. All the men are saying, oh. <laughs> especially Zev. <laughs> So he's sitting there. So Barack pointed out he listened to me give this year online. I gave it two years ago, and I picked on instead of Zev two years ago it was Shuki. So it was <laughs> true story. Um, yeah, we're jerks. So if you start with the premise, because all we're real. Your best shot in having a good life is if you look at our nature, not in denial. Not trying to say, you know, we're better than we are. No, no, no. We're, we're capable of tremendous selfishness, right? So then, so then, okay, then you have a running shot at actually overcoming it. That's what this is about. And you do that if you follow the rules. Chazal, we're not giving... Whenever anything is in the Torah, here's a basic rule of thumb. Anything in the Torah is given by Avinu Shabashamayim. He loves us to pieces. He wants us to have good lives. So anything in halacha is good for you, de facto, no? And therefore, if it's against... Halacha, it's bad for you, de facto. It can't be good for you. A guy tried to make an argument. This is, I think, one of my first years in Derech. He said, oh, but Rabbi, you don't realize, I hugged her L'shem Shemaim. She was so lonely right now. She needed he said, he said, and Hashem loved me for it. Right? It's a pure rationalization. I said, I said, anytime you're violating halacha, you, it's not healthy. It's not good for you. You said you you uh, you, uh, you held a hand while learning. Uh, what, what was it like? While you uh, did the hillim. Is that what you said? What? You said you said you give that example or something? I gave the example yeah, yeah. of holding a hand. No, 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 Oh yeah, no, I'm innocent. I didn't yeah, he, he, he was like saying how bad that is. How uh, us are. Oh, was that? Uh, oh, yeah, what's the story? Now I want to hear. What was it? How did it go? No, because we were asking questions, I think, about like learning with the girl or something. Yeah, yeah. So he right. was talking about uh, like how ras- uh, rationalization of it that, that you're like that uh, y- people connect better when they learn. Like, yeah, right. Uh, well, sure. Right. Said, dear. So, and, so with uh, so with a, a girl and like with your girlfriend there. So he was just saying how crazy it is because it's a blatant break of a halacha. Yes. And uh, so yeah, he's like, like, right. So it's the same idea. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing the same shemaim, Rabbi. You learn either, and then you hug her after. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So uh, I, I just have a legal question. So, Father um, I have a, a, a friend in uh, McDellows. Yeah, so tell us about your friend. She, and she, 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 she invited me to her base matter shalom. Oh. Is that a good thing? And I'm right, literally right there, right near McDonald's. So, uh, like, I was really, is that like a thing? And she's very, very cool. Who's thing? Is, is that like, a, like, do could men and women learn together? I'll tell you. We, I used to run a of training program for um, young rabbinic couples who were about to go on college campuses and do Kiruv. And one of our, what we suggested as a policy, and we asked Postkeem about this, is that you're out on campus. You're trying to recruit. You're trying to do Kiruv. To the masses of Jews, you realize you're all the cream of the crop of the, of the best Jews in the world, that most of our 
most of our fellow Jews are assimilating in droves, intermarrying and all the rest, so they're trying to do their best to stop that. So in these in the training course, one of the things we one of the rules we tried to suggest, we set down for them and we told them they should ask Shilas and most rabbis were Paskin like this, is that you go out first of all as a couple. That um, men, single men or single women should not go into Kiruv because it's too fraught for a lot of these reasons that we're describing. And when you're out there on campus, one of the things, hopefully, with interested students is you want to encourage them to start learning. You have them to your Shabbos table. You start to, you start to have activities. You give classes. And they say, Rabbi, this is great. I'd love, where can I learn more? And so in theory, it's very, it's very, you can imagine, it's very appealing. You want to try to grab them, try to learn with them. And um, we tell them that the men should not learn with women and the women should not learn with men. For the following reason, it's very connected to everything we're talking about. Uh, was anybody here a couple months ago, near the beginning of the year, in my 12:30 session? We talked about Nagia, mm-hmm. that topic, yeah. right? We talked about the fundamental. What is the determination if it's an issue Remember the expression? Two words. Derech If there's intimacy, do you know that Torah learning is one of the most intimate personal experiences you can have? In the best sense of it, in the best sense of it, when you have a good Moser Seder, let's say you're learning. I encourage everybody to take a, have a good start Moser Seder, 10, 15 minutes every day with a friend, where you can talk openly about what you're struggling with, your mitos you're trying to fix. When you're doing that, it's an incredibly vulnerable, intimate kind of experience. Intellectually. Not sensually. Not physically. Just intellectually, it, it endears you. It's der chiba. And in fact, I mean, I'll tell you, there are many cases like this, but I'm thinking of one in particular. One such young rabbi was out on campus carving the women. And innocently, she was sincerely interested in Yiddishkeit. And she came to learn by him. And he was, he was sincerely committed to being Marbit's Torah, to spreading Torah as best he could. And they learned, and they, it was a wonderful Havrusa. And he talked about the sublime ideas of the Torah. And she looked up to him with batted eye, batting eyes, because he was the source of all this great inspiration, this spiritual profundity of Torah. And they fell in love. And he left his wife. Oh and they... God. Innocent. All starts, you know, the same Shemayim. Well, I'm not married and she's very married from him, so I don't see the problem. Because it's Derek Hiba. And if you wanted to... Thank you. If you didn't, I was going to. What? It's just learning Torah. Just There's not just learning Torah. Torah itself. Torah is MS. Torah gets in the core of life. When you're learning Torah, you're giving up yourself. You're you're, you're forming a bond. Do you know there's an idea? I talked to this boy. You know there's a tendency to sometimes over idealize rabbis. Because they're saying ideas. I mean, nothing I'm saying today is. No, but you know what I'm saying. Nothing I'm saying today is original. I'm just giving over the profundity of Chazal. But they're so amazing. And if you're hearing for the first time from me, so you think, oh, wow, right, likewise. I only give this year, by the way, this is my, this is my um, caveat, my disqualification. I, I give this class because I need to get better at being a husband. So it's a great refresher course for me. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, we all need work. So, uh, you know, just because I'm saying the ideas doesn't mean I'm responsible for them. I'm just channeling them. Right? But you can see how people, when they're hearing the ideas, especially student-teacher kind of a dynamic... You're learning together, but even peers, even as a chavrusa, you're learning these things. They're saying these ideas that are sublime. That's what Torah is. It's sublime. It's transcendent. And you get, you get close that way, and you develop ties and affection and all kinds of good stuff. I mean, it's great when it's, when it's, when it's with your real chavrusa, when it's a man, a man, or female, female, but not when it's combined. Unless it's with your wife, which is a wonderful way of building the marriage. But that's a different partial. So, you can't connect to a person before you get married? 
Like, um, through, on the shit update, we'll get there. Through, like, you can learn on on the shit update. That sounds that sounds eminently appropriate. Oh, that's yeah, nice. but not your buddy this. over at Miguel. <laughs> stop, right? But just win the mayor. I was watching a lecture once. I heard an idea connected to this that uh, when you when you stare at something, speak loud. Can you hear in the back? Speak loud because they can't hear you. When you when you, when you stare at something, like if you like a rose. Uh, it's, uh, I think the word that the rabbi used was ma'abid. It's like staring, right? Yeah. So it means like he's stuck here. He's stuck. No, like no. Ma'abid. Ma'abid is also ma'abid. Ma'abid. Okay. So that's like it's just staring, and, and whatever you stare at goes into your soul. Yeah. Like, like, it goes your soul. So that's right. And, and you know the formula of sin: the eyes see, the heart covets, and the and the body acts. Uh-huh. So. So and he, and he said how, for example, if someone, if, if there's a, a guy and a girl they're not married, he stares into her eyes. It's like a, it is going into a soul, but it's not supposed to. Right. And that makes like some weird messed up. That's stuff. right. All kinds of things. You know, Kaddish Baruch sets the natural order of the universe, and the proof of that is to think about the powerhouse dynamic that exists between male and female. It's potent. It's 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 on fire, right? But if you don't follow, there's a guidebook. We call it the Torah. You don't follow the rules of the guidebook. You get all your wires crossed. There's something healthy, but something profoundly unhealthy that's happening simultaneously. And because the Yitzhahara wants it so badly, it'll persuade you, no, it's all pure. It's all Torah. You'll go and learn, and you'll be heavenly. Come on. Um, yeah. Ramosh, can I go on? Yeah, okay, quick. Dave. What's the difference between a girlfriend and a pilagish? Pilegish is a Chazal apparently sanctioned institution called concubinage. Um, it was in the Torah, uh, famous examples, the um, concubine from Giva, if you remember the story in Shoftim, or alternately Shlomo HaMelech. I like a thousand. Well, the only, no, don't, come on, David, don't exaggerate. Only 700 wives and 300 husbands. <laughs> Sorry. He, he did it with Sheikh Shammai. It needs to be he did it standard in some context. Um, overwhelmingly, with one exception, it's interesting, a very unusual, uh, well-known post of Yaakov Hemden, uh, uh, endorsed the idea of, of having a Pilegish. He said it was an okay thing, and he had a justification for it. But he's the overwhelming Das Yachid. He's the minority opinion on the subject. Everybody says, today, we can't have them, so... No, but what's the difference between that and having a girlfriend? Um, a concubine, a concubine is a quasi-wife with obligations. You have to have some kind of contractual relationship. It's formalized. It's not just um, hefker. So that's the difference. Can you have a concubine without being married? It's not marriage. So it's a different institution. <laughs> so you can have only concubines and never be married to a woman. Um, <laughs> again, today, no, and not for the last, not, not for hundreds of years. Even then, you were able to have a concubine and never actually be married. It was not the ideal. It was not the way to go about doing this. say, listen, even in the days when we could have multiple wives, up until the Takana of Rabbeinu Gershom, a thousand years ago, we could have multiple wives. But even Chazal acknowledged that that was the lesser state of being. The Mishnah Perkyabos famously teaches Marban Noshim, if you have a lot of wives, you have you have a lot of witchcraft. It's not recommended. Right? It happened for different reasons. Sometimes the same sometimes the go go learn the mission of Bergabas. It's not our topic right now. But sometimes it was the same Shemaim Rabbi Tarfon, the Tzadik was a Kohen, and at a time of persecution when many women's husbands were killed in war by persecution and they were starving to death, his solution as a wealthy man was to marry them so they could share his truma. He could share his food with them. That was a pure act of chesed. That's why he had multiple 
wives, but generally it was frowned upon. Um, is it possible, what about, let's, let's leave girlfriends for a second, is it possible to have a, what they call, platonic relationship? No. 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 So if Moshe takes, what do you, okay, so let me hear your opinions, what do you say? I've heard the thing on Moshe. You've heard the word Moshe Tshuva? No. I have, I, have, I have my own twist on the subject. No. Okay, anybody want to, anybody have a comment on the subject? Sure. She's one of the guys. Yeah. yeah you can have that. No? Yeah, okay. okay. It's very common nowadays. Anybody went to a co co with you? You know, the girl who's always one of the guys, and ah, nobody has any feelings for her. I, mean, you know, I tried. I did always used to think and try to believe it. So, Ramosha has a true, but he analyzes it. Uh, this is this is already this is a little bit after my time, but I was aware of it. As a, I wasn't watching movies anymore, but I knew of it as a social phenomenon when Harry met Sally. That was a movie 20 years ago? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Right? And I, and if I, tell me, I didn't see it. But what I understand of it is they set out, these are two platonic friends who set out to prove that you can't, it doesn't get romantic, and of course they had the movies that got romantic. Yeah. Yeah. No? I didn't see it, so I understand if I got Rav Moshe says like this. He says there's no such thing. He says, the man, even if he's deceived himself into thinking, no, she's one of the guys, I don't have any feelings for her, she's not attractive, all the rest of that. If he has any relationship with her, something in him really desires more. The girl, maybe that's different. The girls work differently in this regard. We'll get to that, too. Moshe rejects it. That's, that's, his, that's his perspective. And I've taught this before. People take this on. And they say, no, it's 100% possible you can have a completely non-emotional, non-romantic relationship, just, you know, person to person, gender neutral. Um, I mean, I, I, I went to Berkeley. It was really liberal there. I told you about this. There was a, a person who I knew in Berkeley who didn't identify as a gender. <laughs> It was really hard to talk to that person because you couldn't it, the thing, refer to that person pretty, in any way. Nowadays, in any I imagine, and only going to grow. And they're not androgynous. And they're not tumtum. They're, 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 they are who they are, those people. Right? So there is this notion out there in the society that men and women are totally equal. But Moshe says it's not possible. And people take it on and they say maybe it is possible. I take it, yeah, quick. Is it possible? You said there's no platonic relationship like both ways. Like, or most you said that. No, I'm I'm, I, 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 I left my own cards yeah. folded yeah. beneath me. Is it possible that like, let's say a girl could like uh, the guy, the guy could like just be friends? That we're instead of instead of the guys always thinking about doing something more, but the girl no, wants. Sorry, more. The guy is not right. And let's say like the girl always wants more. Yeah. The girl wants more, and the guy uh, like let's say old like friendships. So if you grow up with a girl, like you guys go to the same bungalow colony since you're like two, you're gonna be friends with that. Moshe says that you're like we're hardwired otherwise, and as much as you like to deceive yourself that that's the reality, you're putting yourself on, and it's not true. We're not, too, we're not made that way. There is a spark. There should be a spark, and therefore, therefore, it's there, and you're just supplementing it. That's what Moshe's point, and I haven't told my point yet. But first, Moshe, and then, and then my my, my, my extremely unattractive. 
<laughs> there are a lot of women like that that we don't find attractive. Yeah. But if you're in a relationship with her and you pursue the relationship, so your something, something that really permits that, that motivates you to stay bonded to that woman, there's something there. It could be an intellectual bond too. It could be a Torah learning bond. There's something there. And Moshe says that's that's derech chiba. That's a problem. Thing with a guy. I realize this topic inevitably overlaps. I have I have my different files. Yeah. So I have a whole file on what they call same sex attraction, which is a big powerhouse topic today. You have to talk about that. People don't like do you ever have a class on that? No. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that maybe one time. Yeah, the hard. It's important. Yeah. So I realize, you know, guys can have feelings for guys, and I'm not going there today. Bro, bro. We'll talk about that. My response to emotion is it possible? Is it not possible? I don't know. I, what I would acknowledge, listen, if emotion said, I'm not arguing with emotion. You know, he said it, and I'm sure it's true. But to the people who take on emotion, who can't accept an idea, they say, no, no, me and me and my, you know, my friend, we're, you know, it's all, it's all about board, and there's not, there's not, there's no, there's nothing romantic whatsoever. Fine. I would say, let's imagine for the for the moment, for the argument's sake, that that's true, that there's no feelings from either perspective. My point is, that's the sickness. We're supposed to feel something. That's warped that you wouldn't feel something. And I believe in the modern world that people have been brainwashed, have been conditioned to the point that, in fact, they actually don't feel any, anything for the other gender. And it makes sense because we're desensitized. We live in such a gender-mixed society. Our upbringing from a, the youngest age and going all the way up is so inter, uh, overlapping and inter, interrelated that it's true. We're just used to them. We're not supposed to be so used to them. There's something eminently healthy. If you ever watch... A lot of societies that you think of as really, really from, there's a reason for that when they segregate by gender from a young age, and the boys don't really socialize with the exception of maybe their sisters and even then, and the girls don't socialize either. There's a magic there. There's something important, you know, there should be an electric shock when the male-female have physical contact. And I believe it's true today that people have physical contact and it does nothing for them, and that's the sickness. That's weird. They should feel something. And, and, and this is modern society and the, and the, the norms of, of the world that we're living in have, have, have messed us up. I remember going, I was, I was recently from, right, so all these issues are, you know, coming up in my mind, having discussions, on entire hearing these ideas, not quite accepting them, and then I remember going to a, a wedding of two friends who were reform, they were both in rabbinic school, in this case it was a man and a woman, and they got married and exchanged vows, and it was, first of all, I, I was... I was cringing at the reform rabbi's words under the under the, the marital canopy. I don't think it's a false. It was absolutely anodyne. Look up the word. It's a great word. Absolutely anodyne. How do you spell it? I-T-A. The, um... We're here to celebrate the holy love that Rick has for Laura. Laura has for Rick. And they love each other. It's like, why? Why? You know, and under the... Thank you. Right? Under the chuppah, 
this, you're, you're, you're marrying a kind of Baruch Hu. You're becoming part of Kalal Yisrael. You're going to have generations and generations. You're sustaining a, a nation. It's uh, you know, a, a significance galore. And here it was all about this stupid, mundane, you know, Rick loves Laura. Well, what happens when they don't love each other anymore? And, and then, after the wedding, you know, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, there was no, there was no Yichud room. They all, you know, they all broke out and started dancing. And of course, what's the ritual? The Horah, and then everyone's in No, yeah, well, they just dance the Horah, right? And then, of course, what happens is, is that, um, you know, Rick and Laura dance, and then Uncle Jack dances with Laura, and then Rick danced with Aunt Flora, and, right? And, like, everybody does the tango with everybody. I'm thinking, you know, here we're here to gather to celebrate the marriage of Rick and Laura. Meanwhile, everybody's having their way with both Rick and Laura, and they're not even together. Backwards. But they're not together at Haredi weddings either. What? They're not together at Haredi weddings either. I know, I know, but when they are, but the, the spark is there. Meaning, meaning, in other words, they, they do go together. We're talking about it. He said, the Yichud and that's private, and it's beautiful, and it's so holy. It is. I mean, it'll be Bezras Hashem by all of you. It'll be. It'll be a big spiritual moment. You'll have fasted that day. It'll be a Yom Kippur. That's the way we do it. We fast the day, the day before the wedding. You guys are doing the fast. You. What's that? Sparta, no fast. No fast. No 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 and it's private, Matovu Alecha Yaakov. We don't dance in public, the public display of affection. That's not a Torah idea. So why, why do the Hasidim do that, though? What? Why do they Hasidim Different minhagim. Different minhagim. Fair enough. Uh, we can pick it apart. My point is that was, it, was, it, was so, it was so obviously messed up in the story. The idea, the idea that you have. I had an experience. I had I, I early on I was going I, I just got engaged and I went back to the States, it was right before the Golden War, and I went back to the States staying at second cousins. They're all they're all like agitated, leave them alone, they're agitated. I can't So we're that's fair, and they can't hear at all, forget that. The uh we're in I went to Boston to my second cousins, and I was already Shomer Nagia. You know that's what you do when you're religious. And um, and then I realized, uh oh, I have more of my cousins. I'm not close with them. I didn't. I, and so my for, thank God my dad was there. And um, just as cousin uh, cousin Julie was about to lunge for me with a bear hug, out of uh oh, what do I do about this one? Out of nowhere steps my valiant father and says, "Wait, Julie!" And 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 he says, "It's actually very beautiful. Uh, you know, your cousin is just going to be engaged. She's going to get married. That's the woman he's going to have physical contact with, and he doesn't have with anybody else." You know, his daughter, his mother, that's one thing, but not with other women. And it's, and it's, it's meant to be that way. But that's, that's, we're supposed to have, there's a specialness to that one woman. And insofar as you dilute it, the hug and kiss every other person, all these things are overlapping and related. It dilutes the, mer- the power of the marital relationship. Uh, there's a reason for these rules. They really they enrich our lives. Then they argue like this. Come on, Rabbi, you need a girlfriend. You can't go into marriage these days with the divorce rates without experience. Oh my God. You know the argument. I know that 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 argument. I know
Okay, but you got, you're with me. You're already with me. Anybody in the, uh, now, and we put them in a bad position because now we're all in agreement, but like some people say, I kind of think that right now. I gave an argument to, to that one. Does anybody want it? Before we debunk it, does anybody want to try to make a case for experience? Go ahead. Oh, uh, no, I just feel like. Hold um, Well, okay, so you want to talk? Okay, so <laughs> no, no, you go. You go. Your turn. Your turn. It's really stuck. Go ahead. You go. Um, no, I just find that a lot of the time when, um, you know, when boys grow, grow up, like, no contact with other women or whatever, and then when they come to the shitter situation, um, even my father says this a lot of the time. That They're naive. Sort of, and they don't really know how to communicate with a woman. They have, they have no experience with interacting with the woman. So when they meet that woman, there's sort of like a barrier that they have to break down. Right. And it's very hard for them to break Check. down. Check. True. No argument. But then there's a spark. And no, or there's no spark. Or, or, some people, by the way, are naturally social and have good social skills, and some, some of us are disasters. And with all the social social training in the world, we're still we'll 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 still we'll, 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 we'll clumsy and we'll mess up. We'll do all things. But you know, that's okay if that's expected and that's the system as it is. Let's say in the religious world that behaves this way, it's known that boys are socially clueless. It's it's given if he has any social habits whatsoever. It's wow, she's she's pleasantly surprised, and it's a learning process, part of marriage in the first years especially, is to teach the other one how to do it right. Look at me when you talk to me and stop, you know, stop and, and, and have a conversation with me. She has to tell, she has to tell him. And she expects that he's going to be socially backwards. Wait, why, why Fine. What? Why, why would the girl do it? Why would the girl do it? Because girls go out with girls and they're always talking with each other. Guys, yeah. Ten, <laughs> ten coffin, I'll teach us. Ten measures of conversation. Fell to the world. Nine of them were stolen by women. Right? Anybody who has teenage sisters and telephones knows exactly what yeah, I'm talking about. Um, and it's not just the gift for the gab. It's a profound insight into the Citra de Nukla. Women connect profoundly in relationships. They are other-directed. It's all part of their makeup, and I'm going to elaborate on this. We even started this. We, we, we talked about the Citra de Nukla. We started this topic. Right? It's, it's part of who they are. I mean, not all of them, and they're exceptions to this, and some of them have too much citrus and for the male side in them and so on. But as a general rule, they're, 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 they, it comes to them much more easily. We're the ones who retire to their dead. Men are the ones who tend to be addicted to their video games because we like to be like away from Very social societies. Very antisocial. We love it. Right? As a general rule, and therefore, you're right. Come on, you're right. You, you have to, okay, so you have to learn. But then it's expected, and then we'll train you, and then you have to work on it. You know, part of the Torah assumption is you're going to have to work really hard. There's no concept of getting married and then living happily ever after. That's a Goetia nonsense. I don't know if you can train someone. Um, yeah, it's very, yeah. Oh, I completely disagree. No, you can. You, Everybody's training. You're having one right now. Experience is in the marriage, and you know what's great? Here's where that thinking is wrong. You only need to be socialized to your one wife. You don't need to be socialized to every woman in the world. And you know there are a lot of there are a lot of different personalities out there. So if you're generally socialized and you're used to having, let's say, one girlfriend, one experience, but your wife is a different human being. And so you may be socialized in the wrong way. Pumped exactly the opposite of what you need. So you'll be trained exactly by the master that you need to answer to, that woman that you owe everything to, that's your wife. That's the best kind of training you need for the job. Daniel? What if, for example, like, um, as you're growing up, like, you know, say, 14, 15, 16, whatever, right? You know, like, before the marriage age, what if you feel the attraction towards a girl at that point, what are you supposed to do? 
So one of the reasons, it's a, it's, it's a great question, especially nowadays. We're, we're a little ahead of ourselves. We're going to get there. I don't want to build up towards marriage and so on. What do you do if you feel attracted? Let's say you're young and you're hormonal. 14, 15, 16. Hypothetically, none of you would feel this way, but let's say hypothetically. What do you do with those feelings? And the answer is it's, it's, it's tough, especially nowadays that we, in the Gemara and Kedushin, in the Milan Kedushin, right? Then Shmonosay, 18 year old, you get married. Nowadays, the post can say later, push it off later. We're too immature at 18 usually. Um, so that makes this question even more pronounced. Let me answer the question. I think you asked, even though you're going to redefine the question, but let me, let me say what I want to say, which is um, it's true, it's tough. And one of the reasons why, um, one of the antidotes to the Eitzahara, the only antidote to the Eitzahara is Tyra, and they, um, they give the boys intensive Torah to learn, and they socialize them so they don't really interact with the girls. When there's less interaction, when you're less exposed to them, you have less chance of being obsessed by them in, in, in a way that you can't no, function I mean, like, anymore? Um, I'm asking, um, though, to, like, these days, you know, like, there's no way to isolate yourself from going outside the door, taking a walk, and socializing with people. No way? issues for, I think, so this group for there. I know the implications of what you're saying are pretty heavy, but these are some of the religious issues that confront you. Then if you think about it, you realize what you're saying. You're saying a lot, and it's an important topic, but yeah, right. There are ways of trying to, try to, is it too hot in here? Some of you are looking like, it's not too hot. It's freezing. So, so, no, hold on, hold on. No, no, I'm making my point. You can't make yours yet. Um, so I'm suggesting that insofar as you, you know, watch the beautiful women in the movies, you're right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to incite you to eat Sahara. No, what do you do about it? No, if you're out there in the street, if you try to socialize, if you try, you could try to keep the socializing to a minimum. And that becomes a religious value for a lot of men for exactly the reasons no, that you're indicating. Yeah, like, for example, like, um, uh, for example, like, let's say a, 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 a teenager's first crush, for example. Right? Yeah. He has a very strong emotional attraction to that. For sure. Other, right? So, like, for example, like, that's why. That's why it's. That's why it's a religious value to keep teenagers away from the women, so they don't develop those ongoing crushes that we be constantly signed for them. that individual's thought would be like, what if one day I would get married to this person? Yeah. So secure her now, so nothing gets in the way later. Fine. Because we're stupid. Because I don't know. What about a long Good. Okay, that's that's one and that's one of my things on my list here. So let's let's go there. What about long engagement? You you're not gonna get married right away, but she's a great girl, and you don't want to lose her either, yeah. right? So if you if you become boyfriend girlfriend, platonic, I mean, totally chaste. No, not platonic. Totally chaste. Not physical. Shomer Nagia, but you're kind of reserving her for the future. Kind of a deal. So I would suggest to you that that's a mistake. First of all, it's a mistake because it's against the law. It's not. You're not supposed to do that. When the time is right, that's when you're supposed to pursue pursue shiduchin. Uh, Before then, it's me'ila. It's the problem that I addressed at the very beginning of class. And furthermore, when you choose a partner like that at an earlier stage when you're frankly immature and you really don't know what you're looking for, and you don't know what the criteria are for finding the right wife, and we'll talk about the 15-point checklist, you will choose somebody different than you will choose when you were mature enough to actually get married. Your, your whole criteria will change when, it, when, when the time comes. And therefore, what are you worrying about whether this woman is right for you? You, know, you don't want to lose her. If she... Don't forget, the Medrash says the Kaddish Baruch has decided who your Meshudechus is from the from the creation from the creation of the Ubar, from the fetus's creation. So he's got it all taken care of. You don't have to worry about it. 
when you're, right. when you're right. and I'll add if, for, for those of you who are neurotic and insecure about this oh no nobody's going to want to marry me yeah. um, maybe for some of you that's probably true but um, the Rabbi Pitip had a beautiful piece when he spoke when he spoke last year he spoke about his mother but he, he had a tangent that was really 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 great he said and I think everybody goes through this on some level every every new chas and new kala goes through this of uh, when you get engaged, that feeling of being, I definitely felt this way, of being stunned that, you know, who would ever want to marry the likes of me? <laughs> he said that, I thought, yeah, I, I think most of us go through that, like, you know, feeling that, who's ever going to want to marry me with all my hang-ups? And then you realize she's got just as many, if not more, hang-ups. <laughs> we're, all, we're all messed up. You're <laughs> it's fine. And, and honestly, another another point, I mean, this is a little unfair, but it's simply true. Um, as men, we have the demographic advantage. It's true. You've heard about the marriage crisis. We talked about it once, the marriage crisis out there. There is something. There are more girls out there, and there are and, and more girls want to be married than boys. The, the women do not want to be married. So when the time comes, and you get, you're ready to get serious and get into business, you'll go out, and you'll seek your, your mishudefes, and you'll try to find it, and you'll look for something very different. So that whole notion, I honestly, I think is, is really a rationalization. What you really want is to have a girlfriend right now. And even if it's Jason, it's not German Nagy and all the rest of that, there is something about just having a girlfriend. One of, the, one of my students in OJ, he said, um, he said, oh, Rabbi, you would endorse this girlfriend. She's the best. She is so from, she lectures me after going to base measures to start learning. And that's beautiful. Oh, my God. She, right, she wakes me for shopping. She's, yeah, she's, my, she's my religious supervisor. My phone. Yeah, um, We have to talk about filling dates. That's a different question. Oh, I can't see that without defining it. I'll get to 20 dates in a second. Rabbi, Rabbi, can we Gemara and Baba Mitzia and Peydalad Amad Aleph in the bottom. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. 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 Right. When Rish Lakish dove into the Yardin and he made and, and he, he made a commitment to, to make tshuva and he goes back to pick up his coat and he can't lift his coat anymore. And Rashi explains Tashash Kolcho. The minute you dedicate yourself to Torah, suddenly that immediately has a weakening effect on your Yitzhahara. I say that the inverse is also true. Insofar as you have this woman and this girlfriend on your mind, it's going to take away from your Torah. It's going to distract you. She is a presence in your mind. If, you, if she was not there, uh, you would be a free man. You would be learning Torah with all of your neshama. Now it's only partly there. It's a rationalization. There are different parts of our body, but insofar you know how a chiropractor can you massage your calf and cure your headache? Different parts of different seemingly unrelated areas can be connected. So to this, a person who has a Yitzhahara for the women and manifests it in something like a girlfriend will have much less energy in Tyra. And as much as he rationalizes, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. I said, I said it's, 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 Chazal, don't endorse such a relationship. You're, 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 you're lying to yourself. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say who, but um, somebody was held back by a, a girlfriend all of last year, and I tried to make these arguments to him, and um, he had a really strong Yitzhahara, and he said, you're right in every one of your arguments, and I'm not stopping myself, because my Yitzhahara is simply stronger than all of this. And um, Baruch Hashem ends well. He broke up with her, and um, 
is in a great place and only laterally comes around and says, I'm a different person. And at the time when I was in it, I lied to myself and I felt it was fine and I was learning Torah, but I wasn't doing anything. And he illustrates this, this entire point. Uh, I can't just do it to date without defining my term. I might as well, uh, I'll just say what it is. There is a phenomenon in the quasi-Orthodox society. Notice I'm not using any, any other term to describe it because there are lots of different people who are from but not really from. Not only. Not only. There, there are, you said it. I wasn't going to. But, and, and modern Orthodox is quite a range. There's very from modern Orthodox. There's very not from modern Orthodox. The same applies to Haredi. Um, there are, there, you know that there are secular Haredi people out there too. For the record. Well, then they're not Haredi. I know, but they walk the part and talk the part and dress with strimals and beckishes and all kinds of other, other things. They act Haredi. And you would never know it. They put on such a good show. People are complicated. People are complicated. It's a whole mix out there. In any case, there are people who like to um, amuse themselves and, and pretend to be from, but they'll do something. I mean, there's a phenomenon. It's known called the Tefillin Date. And I really shouldn't have to elaborate on what that means. It means that he cares enough before going on the date, and it's it's a secular style date, uh, if you know what I mean. Um, he, go, he, 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 goes, he, he goes on the date, and he thinks about, I want to wear tefillin in the morning. So he brings the tefillin on the date. Oh, that's... <laughs> It's, it's, it, these are huge topics. The, um, the whole men are animals and women are naive. Because I'll call it Nashim Das and Kalalayu. Famous quote. But it's, there's a truth to it. it. What it comes to, and we talked about this in other contexts, our late night Tuesday talks, this came up a little bit and it came up in the, in the women's shoe the other day. Um, women really want to be married. The way Rachel Lockheed describes it in another Gemara in, in the beginning of the second paragraph of Kedushin, he says, Tav Lametav Tandu. Better for women to be in a bad marriage than a no marriage at all. That illustrates what we had women before. Women really want that relationship. And they'll fall for the dumbest lines. And they don't really, on some primal level, I mean, they don't inherently understand how different the male beast is. And to illustrate this, I had a friend who did something fantastic. I think we just we talked about this over lunch. Yes. This is a great thing. One of the most brilliant things I've ever heard in education. He teaches in a seminary. And his, his, the young women, very bright, very, very sensitive, knowledgeable people, but he felt they didn't get men and what men were really after. So he tried a little experiment. He went, he was giving a class on, I don't know, halacha, something unrelated, and, at the beginning, and, and, and he went to the bakery right before the class and he bought a bunch of hot cinnamon rolls. Okay, delicious. You know what cinnamon rolls smell like when they're right out of the oven? Right? And he took the cinnamon rolls and they were sitting around a round table, right, where everybody was like in the middle, and he simply plunked the cinnamon rolls down in the middle of the round table, opened them up, and the smell was wafting out in the middle of the class, and then he proceeded to give his class on unrelated themes. And in the middle of the class, the girls are trying to pay attention and take notes, but meanwhile, <sighs> right, they're plotting over the cinnamon rolls. And then he concluded. He concluded his. Uh, he concluded his, his class. And uh, any questions? No. Very good. I have a nice evening. You know what the homework is. Very good. And he grabbed his cinnamon rolls and he turned to leave. And they all went. 
right? What was that? And they were they were plotting. They wanted the cinnamon rolls. So he said, "Oh, this, this. I was just trying to show you what it's like when one of you is in a room with men." <laughs> <laughs> Reaction, he said, was gold. He said they did, they did, they did one of one of Kamar's tricks right there. Oh, <laughs> right. And there was an old in Hebrew, old Hebrew. They said the Nafal Ha'asimon. They finally got it on a certain level because they don't have. They're made. It doesn't mean women are angels. They have their own hangups and problems. That's a different topic. But but they don't have the same explosive Yitzhara that when a woman, an attractive woman, is present, the men can think of little else. And it, it, he's on fire. He can't. He can't he's, he's distracted by it. And um, they're very different in so many different ways. And when you're in boyfriend girlfriend artificial la la land, which has no consequences, and you can fight, and you can break up, and and, 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 and there's no there's nothing there's nothing over your head, uh, nothing, no, no responsibility in any level. It's a, it's it's a joke. It's it's it's, it's a play. It's a, it's it's like going to the amusement park, and then you're done. You have your time, and then. It's a great setup for the man usually because the man wants his kicks. It's a terrible setup, especially if there's physicality and especially if there's intimacy, God forbid. Um, then it's, it destroys the woman. The woman fundamentally is a spiritual being who wants that relationship. And today their wires are so crossed they feel that in order to get any attention from men, they have to somehow give up themselves and give up their purity in order for that at any relationship. And then they're devastated. Because really what they want is the one lasting relationship. And then men who are with those women take those women least seriously. That's, 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 that's simply the dynamic. Um, it really is. So then comes Torah and it makes everything correct and, and straightens us out and is, 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 so, is so powerful. Um, <coughs> see these women walking around. They're so miserable and they have no idea why they're miserable. No? Priests, the, 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 the ones who are exposing their bodies to the world, probably freezing. Yeah, yeah, but they're so sad. No, you feel bad for them. They feel bad. They don't understand what they're oh, doing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't look at them. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is one of those classes that everybody has to have one liners. I realize. I'm guilty as well. Okay. Go on, honor. <laughs> Yeah. yeah I um, so I'm making the case. I'm making the case that this is something that's not in our. It's not. It's not meant for. It's not part of the package. Um, when there are people who grew up in this world, it's still possible. As much as it's hard to imagine nowadays with smartphones and availability of the internet everywhere you go, but there are people who maintain till marriage um, naivete of the world. They don't know the birds and the bees, and they are absolutely the lucky ones. They are heads and heels um, more advanced. I don't know. How are they growing up like that? They just don't know anything. They know a lot, just not that stuff. Um, when we talk about, you know, listen, in the Torah, it talks, Torah's pretty open. You ever notice the Torah gets pretty racy? Yeah. But let's say in the prohibitions, in Ahre Mosh, when we go through the various prohibitions we read in the afternoon on Yom Kippur, so um, when we go through those lists, the way we express the Torah kids, it's forbidden for a man to marry his sister. <laughs> well, good. Uh, it's, it's very pure, and it's true, he can't marry his sister. And the kid thinks, oh, right, like, Imanab are married. She makes the challah, and he, you know, he comes home and likes, and then sets up the Shabbos candles, right? He makes the cholent or whatever it is. Rather married, okay. And they don't know what that means. And then when the time is right, um, they, they, learn it again. they learn it, but they learn it in the, in the proper way. They learn what it is 
to be pure, to be holy. And this is something that you do to connect to Kaddish Baruch Hu. Every bit as much as you're connecting to your husband or your wife, you're connecting to Kaddish Baruch Hu. I know in one case, um, the women learn with, uh, you know, with the teacher. And in one case, the teacher explained to her what was in store for her and on the chuppah night. Um, and the girl heard about it for the, clearly, evidently, for the first time she'd ever heard such a thing in her life. And her reaction was she broke up. She was hysterical. She thought it was the funniest thing she'd ever heard. She said, he, oh, that's so funny. She, it was, she was fine. It was not a problem. She said it was hilarious. It's a great reaction. It's a great reaction. Um, and I know, I know her. Sometimes I know I'm thinking of another case of a young man who also who also was the first time learned about this, also learning with a chasen teacher. He'd become engaged, and he was shocked. But then, you know, then you learn it the way Chazal taught it, the way really our ancestors learned it. That was that was what came about, and you learn it in pure terms. Wouldn't you think that that's better than the locker room? <laughs> Where you learn, you mislearn, or alternately, as most people get their education today through pornography, which is anything but real. Right? And that becomes the, that becomes the template. That becomes the model of our relationship. Right? We we, we have problems. Um, so so insofar as I mean, you decide what you do with your girlfriends. Without your girlfriends, you break up. You don't break up. It's good for you. Follow the Torah. That's 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 my. Uh, it's good. For, it's good for you to follow the Torah. Um, that's your that's your that's your choice. It is true that. Um, the simple insight that um, if you have a dozen girlfriends, you're right, you'll have much more experience. But inevitably, you'll be comparing your eventual wife or wives um, to the original, to the original girls that you met, and inevitably, your wife will never measure up. She will not have the same sense of humor as the second one, and she will not be as good looking or have the same figure as the third one. And inevitably, you compare because that's human nature. Contrast that with somebody who gets married once, never has girlfriends. His wife, with all of her imperfections, is his wife. And he's not comparing or contrasting her with anybody else. She could just be as she is. There, among other things, there's so much less pressure on both of them. I mean, because she, ideally, is the same for her as well. There's so much less pressure to be everything at once. Do you know what kind of pressure modern people have? I mean, it's one of the reasons that marriage is such trouble. We're supposed to measure up in every possible level, physically and intellectually. There's a sense of humor. We're supposed to have social, uh, social uh, abilities, graces, and so on. What? There's like a resume that you follow nowadays. I know, but it's too much. Nobody can possibly fit all those that whole checklist. And so my checklist is much more, much more simple. Right? It's fifty. No, but it's fifty. You'll see. You'll see what it is. It's not. It doesn't make demands, unreasonable, superhuman demands on the individual. What about? We'll get there. What about someone who starts going out with a girl when they're sixteen, and they then they end up getting married after three years? They went out for three years and then they get married. So I know people. I had good friends from Berkeley who dated for seven years. They play. They knew each other, and in fact, when it came time for getting, they were from. And when it came time to get married, it was just a pro forma kind of a thing. They were basically married. They're living together. What was the big deal? And they were great. They were the best relationship. Best relationship. You know, the best. They, they they always they were very arrogant about the relationship. They know nobody's as good relationship as us. And six months after their marriage, they got divorced. Well, I know the, and I don't claim that that's always going to happen, but it does make sense to me. And there, right. it's not the only situation like that. And it illustrates my point that dating is fake. It's La La Land, and since there's nothing at stake, you can pretend, you can have, a, you're, you can have everything you want in, in, in dating, but until real life begins, at marriage, which usually means 
financial pressures and babies and diapers and, 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 and squabbles and, and real life kinds of situations that bring out the real person, you have no idea who that other person is. And therefore, with all the experience, come on, going back to your original point, with all the experience you think you're acquiring, what you're really acquiring is immature experiences that have very little to do with real life scenarios that you'll encounter along the way. And those, when you don't have the data in the past, you realize you're up for a big deal when mar marriage is real, is, is, the big, is the big leagues, is, is real life, and you prepare yourself for that, and when, it, when the challenges happen, say, okay, we have to work hard on this one, as opposed to coasting. I'm sure that couple, the seven-year dating couple, figured out, we got it all worked out, we don't have to work hard at all, and just when they needed to work was when they gave up. Matthew, last point. I'm going over time. I apologize. Um, so what about people, let's say religious people that once they start dating, but they don't get engaged right away, meaning they, they date for, let's say, six months to maybe at most a year, I mean, even that's pushing it. Yeah. So what are they considered? Meaning they're not engaged yet, but they're, they're obviously dating with marriage, and they're not. They're dating You're ahead of me. Come to, uh, ask, Remember the question and ask it tomorrow. I'm going to start tomorrow with when is it the right time to start dating? When do you know that you're ready to get married? Yeah. That's right. Yeah.